the new John Simmons Show. After years of battling a gambling addiction, John found a hope and a future for his life through Christ. He has spent the last several years encouraging others to find joy, peace, and hope in their lives by walking out God's plan for their lives. Now, John wants to help you find the passion, vision, and faith you need to start writing out God's sentence for your life and help you add to it every day. Four lines are now open. Call or text 314-880-0808. Now, here is your host, the new John Simmons. From St. Louis, Missouri, you're listening to the new John Simmons Show, where you can find God's sentence for your life and become the new you, where we talk about finding passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. Welcome to the program, everybody. Very excited to get into tonight's conversation about how you can write God's plan for your life, in addition, though, to being on your radio tonight, our show is also streaming live on Facebook. If you want to watch the show, all you have to do is head over to the new John Simmons Show page and just like and follow for notifications. If you are interested in listening to past episodes, we have those up as well. Multiple places they are currently available, including iTunes, YouTube, also the TuneIn app or website, and on your Amazon device. Lots of ways to hear the show if you would like to be part of the conversation today, of course, you can text the show, 314-880-0808, or share your comments live on the Facebook stream. We'll share them on our live stream and also over the air. You can even join right now. We've started a brand new thing. We haven't got much use out of it yet, but we're, we're trying to build the show up and create new opportunities to share more and more stories in a more exciting way. You can join our live video stream from your phone or computer. All you have to do is click the pinned link at the top of the live stream comment section. We want to answer your questions if you hop on there. We can also hear you tell your can't-make-this-stuff-up testimonies. Looking forward to hearing from you. I don't know if I actually put the link up there. I guess I'll have to do that while while we're talking here. Tonight's show, of course, talking about writing God's plan for your life. This is obviously something that is important to me because it's what God has asked me to talk to you guys about on the radio and also in my life. It's one of the things that God showed me that I would be doing with my life. And for all of us, God has a plan that is unique to who you are. Your plan and my plan are not the same thing. Do you have a plan for your life? Let me, this is how you know. This is how you know if you have a plan for your life. Where will you be a year from now? Where do you want to be a year from now? Where do you want to be two years from now or three years from now? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh. I mean, I can tell you I want to be rich, but that's not a plan. That's a goal. That's an idea. A plan is saying, hey, this is where I want to be. I want to be rich, but that's not a plan to get there. And that's not a, a goal in the sense that, like, I want to be a doctor, that I'm trying to attain something. So there's a difference between planning and just wanting something. So I want to encourage you to find God's plan for your life on this show. It's where you step out in passion, vision, and faith to see what God has for you. When I was born again in 29 in the year 2012, back in the year of our Lord, 2012, I was born again after fighting a 10-year gambling addiction. And when I started reading my Bible, something interesting happened. 
I started having lots of questions. Not just about what I was reading, like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. No, in fact, it was the opposite. A lot of times growing up, and even as an adult, I'm sure I even said something like this myself. Oh, this Bible is for old people. This book is not for me. This is not the thing that I want to read. It's too long. The words, you can't even pronounce them. It's too many thys and thous and we shalls and <laughs> all the the thous. The King James Version of the Bible is a difficult, you know, it's not how we read naturally in the English language, but uh, God's plan for our life is shown to us through his word. And when I started reading his word, I had a lot of questions about things that I had been doing, things that I was reading and how I was supposed to apply them to my life. And as I got closer to God by reading his Bible and then eventually finding myself in a good Bible-based church, speaking of that church, I haven't been there in quite a while, but they had a tremendous impact on my early walk with Christ. Because for any believer, especially someone like me, if you're like me and maybe you don't know Christ today or maybe you're someone who is not far from that moment that you gave your life over to Christ, and you're thinking, well, what do I do now? What what are the steps? And I didn't know the steps. No one had told me, you know, John, and, and, and you go to church and they're like, all right, there's this, there's this, this, the thing on the back of the seat. We want you to sign this comment card. You drop it in the, in the bucket as a passage you buy, and someone's from the team is going to contact you. We're going to give you a free cup of coffee in the back. Just go and meet one of our greeters back there. You ever been to a church that does that? I've been to lots of churches. They give out the goodie bags. If this is your first time, would you raise your hand tonight? We just want to welcome you to our church tonight. We just want to thank you for coming to our church tonight. You just sign up for this new beginner's class or this this welcome class, and we're just going to teach you all about our church. Those are great. I think you should take one of those. But those don't answer the real questions in our heart. You go into one of these classes, and I've been to some of them, where they tell you about the church history or they ask you, how you want to get involved. It's like a volunteer sign-up class is what it really is like sometimes. But when you're a born-again believer and you've come out of this rough life and it's still looking a little rough, it hasn't been polished yet, shine down, the edges are still pretty sharp, you have a lot of questions. I did. And as I continue to develop my relationship with Christ, God showed me that I would tell people how to write their sentence. And I didn't know what that meant at first. God had to show me what it meant. We go on, We went over it in last night's show about Hebrews 11 and how the sentences were created to keep the records of men and women of God who've done great things for the kingdom through faith. You have to use faith to write God's sentence for your life. It's one of the three steps that we teach here on the show, passion, vision, and faith. Tonight, I wanted to get in a conversation about some practical steps, some like things you can do today. To find God's sentence for your life, to start writing it. And if you want to use a different word, if you just want to say, hey, I need a plan in my life. I need a plan in my life to either get closer to God or to find God's vision for my life. Or I need a plan to find more faith so I can look like the people I read about in Hebrews 11 where I can do the things that God wants me to do, even if it looks hard or the world thinks I'm crazy. What do you do? What are the practical steps? That's what we're going to talk about on tonight's show. The practical steps to finding God's sentence for your life or writing out God's plan. However you want to describe it, 
I want to help you tonight find a plan, to make a plan in your life. What we're going to be talking about tonight comes straight from uh, my new book, which I'm very excited about. We have not uh, found a publisher yet, but we're working on it. We're working on getting this book into your hands sooner than later. We really want you to have this roadmap. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight, the roadmap. You've heard me say a thousand times that you need to find passion, vision, and faith to find God's sentence. But what I don't do on the radio is give you the in-depth study on what those steps look like. Because we've been waiting to put the book out. And I can go over them in broad strokes, but the fine details about how you can really find God's sentence for your life. It's not that I'm hiding it from you. If you listen to the show, you've heard them all before. None of the things I'm going to say tonight or in the future about this subject are things that I haven't said before, but I don't necessarily say them in the way or in the steps or in the practical applications that I'm going to be saying, you do this, you do this, you do this. We can see this in the Bible that it worked in this life, and in that life, this person became faithful enough to do God's plan. Then, and those steps still work today. If you have a plan, you can get where you're going. We make plans all the time. Plans for lunch. Hey, man, where are you going to go to lunch? And we think, well, well, let me look it up. And we get on our phones. You ever do this with your friends? We're going to make plans for going to lunch, and you're going to go and you know search all the great places you guys like to go. My friends like to go and eat at new places. And so we'll get on Google or on Urban Spoon or some app that you can find a restaurant in town or Google Maps or whatever it is and type in restaurants and popular food and all these things. And so you're making plans. You're making plans just for lunch. How many of you have made plans for lunch this week for some with someone but haven't made plans to read your Bible or haven't made plans to go to church? Uh-oh. I'm not trying to make you feel bad about your life. I'm just trying to point out what's happening. I am the same way sometimes i'll i'll go i'll make plans for lunch. lunch is fun ain't nobody sad to go to lunch ain't nobody you know oh man lunch that sounds terrible i don't want to go with you and spend time and eat food and not do any work <laughs> of course not crazy we make plans all the time why aren't we making plans in our real life that's the conversation tonight i want to encourage you on how you can take specific steps on how to write God's sentence for your life. Well, John, get on with it, would you? Well, let's do it. So our first step to finding God's plan for your life is to find passion. Passion, if you've heard this show before and if you haven't, passion is knowing God's will. Christ knew God's will so much that he was willing to die on the cross for our sins, even though he maybe didn't want to do it in that fashion. We see this in Matthew 22, Jesus cries out to God three times in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prays, God, take this cup of suffering from me. Can it be taken away? But I want your will to be done and not my own. That story, of course, is now called the Passion of the Christ. Since Christ lived a life of passion for God and he knew God's will, your first step to writing God's plan in your life or writing God's sentence is to find passion in your own life. Now, look, we all have passions you don't need to find Christ to find passion because the Bible says there are types of passions. There are some passions that are sinful, sinful passions of the flesh. We can be passionate about a lot of different things. We can be just as passionate about God as we are about that girl down the street that we see. We can also be just as passionate about a video game or one of our favorite shows on TV. 
We can be passionate about school or our career or our kids or our spouse. We can find passion for all sorts of things. Drunkenness, debauchery, this is what the, those are two Bible words. Sinful passions and godly passions. We have to be able to determine what they are, what the difference is, and what I'm going to teach you tonight about finding passion. How do you find a passion that's separated from your sin nature? So before we find Christ, let me sort of break it down into two areas. The first area is, is that your passions, the passions that you have, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, are going to be selfish in nature. They're not necessarily going to be bad. You're not going to go to jail for them, but selfish in nature, meaning you're doing them because you want to do them. If you're doing something because you want to do it, whether you're watching the show you want to watch on the TV and no one's around, that's not necessarily selfish that, oh my gosh, he's so selfish, he watches what he wants on TV. But it's because you want to do it. Okay, So when I say the word selfish, I don't mean like you're this, you won't share with anybody. You might share with people. But when we born, we're born with a sin nature, it's because we want to do things we want to do. It's what we're created to do, not by God, but when we're born into sin, the devil has imprinted this sin into our lives, and now we walk out lives where we just want to do what we want to do. And that's why Christ came and died, so that we can have sin washed away from our life. We can be come indwelled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We can begin to come convicted of these sins and, and desire to walk away from them. A desire to, instead of doing everything because we want to do them, We'll start to do things because God wants us to do them. Then you realize that doing things the way God wants you to do things is actually the better way to do things. We sometimes do stuff God wants us to do long before we ever find Christ. People who are will never go to heaven can do things God wants them to do simply because they're good things to do in the world. And the Bible does not you know, say only Christians can do good things. But doing good things do not make you good enough to get into heaven, only faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is the answer to that question. So if we're trying to differentiate, do you have a passion for God and you want to do the will of his kingdom, or you have a passion for yourself, which means, well, I'll do some of what God says maybe, but I really still have these couple things that I just want to do. I want my weekend to be mine. God can have me five days a week or God can have me on Sunday, but Saturday is my day and I'm going to the boat. I'm going to gamble. I'm going out with my friends. We're going out all night. I'm just going to sit and watch TV and lounge around all day. I'm not going to do an inch of work. I'm not saying any of those things are bad by themselves. But if we have an attitude to where our passions or the things that we want to do outweigh the things that we want to do for God, then we have to sort of uh, make a ratio that's more God, less us. Okay, So that's what we're trying to talk about tonight trying to talk about how you can find passion in your life. We'll also get into some practical steps for vision and faith. For me, when I got born again and I started to develop passion, I had a lot of passions before I met Christ. I was smoking all the time. I love smoking. love smoking all the different clove cigarettes and regular cigarettes and cigars I could get my hands on. I like tasting all sorts of smoke. I had a foul mouth. Obviously, my gambling addiction was up there. I loved having a good time at the bar and the friend, with my friends on the weekend. Not to say that any of those things in, in moderation or in one-time offenses are this terrible sin. But for me, I know that they were outside of God's will for my life. Because when the Holy Spirit showed up, I started getting convicted of those things. Not because in the Bible it says, thou shall not drink a beer. It doesn't say that, no. Because the Bible says that God's will is now written on our hearts. 
If you're a believer, if you believe Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, God's will is now written in on your heart, and the Holy Spirit reveals that to you. So for me, I might be getting convicted of a sin and, and have a real hard time wanting to do something because I believe it's outside of God's will. You might be doing the exact same thing, and you might be really close to God and not be getting any conviction about it. It's written on our hearts. Not to say that all sin is different. I'm not trying to say it's a sin for me but not for you. What I'm saying is that there are level of convictions, and there might be a time in your life where you're not getting convicted about this because God's trying to work on you in some different area of your life that's more important for you to get cleaned up in. God works with us all differently. We don't have this Old Testament book of laws, the 600 laws that the Old Testament Jews had to follow in order to find salvation. Christ destroyed that law and brought a new law that has found salvation through belief and faith in him as your Lord and Savior. Okay, It's uh, simple to say, harder to do. It was very difficult for me to find Christ. I love doing things my way. <laughs> and even after I got born again, I still love doing things my way. I still like doing things my way today. When God comes knocking, he doesn't come knocking saying, you know, this is going to be real easy. It's only going to take a minute. <laughs> the first thing I had to do, and I did it without even realizing it was a method of finding passion. It was getting to know God. This is step number one, okay? You want to find passion today. You want to start writing God's plan for your life. You're saying, John, what is the step? Number one, get to know God. I didn't know God. I hadn't read the Bible. I hadn't been to church. I mean, I'd gone to church, but I hadn't been to church. I hadn't spent quality time talking to other believers. You ever talk to somebody who knows something about a subject? Like, let's let's take your grandma, for instance. She's She's been making cakes and cookies and cooking dinners for the family for decades since you've been alive. And, you know, you've sat in there. She's maybe given you a recipe or she tells you what the secret thing is. And over the years, you've you've gotten some of that information from your grandma through osmosis or through conversation, right? If I was to walk into your house and talk to your grandma, I'm not going to know all those things and be like, oh, this is a wonderful pie, but I'm not going to have all the insight that you do because you've been around grandma. She's done all these things for all these years. It's no different in the word of God where if you're a born-again believer and you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have the world figured out and you are able to, I can share the Bible with you because I'm born again and I'm a Christian and I know everything there is to know about Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. You can sign up to be a psychologist at school, but the first day doesn't mean you're a psychologist. I wouldn't let you, you know, you're signed up to be a doctor. I'm not going to let you do surgery on me the first week. Just because you say you're going to be a doctor. No. Ah. There's lots of things you can do to find passion, vision, and faith. And we have to take a break. So when we come back, we'll get around to some more practical steps of how you can write God's plan for your life. Don't go away. You're listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. Start writing or add to God's sentence for your life? What's the learn with that means? Visit newjohnsimmons.com for articles and videos that can help you find a future and a hope for your life today. Now, back to the new John Simmons Show.
Welcome back to the program, everybody. New John Simmons here with you, of course, on the New John Simmons Show, live each and every night at 9 p.m. on your radio dial and also on Facebook Live. Head over to Facebook Live right now. It's not Facebook Live. You head over to Facebook. I'm doing a Facebook Live video. Head to the comments section. Click the link if you want to join the show tonight. Looking forward to seeing how we can use this going forward. A lot of different stories out there I'm sure people are going to be able to tell, and I'm Looking forward to being able to see them in person and hear them on the screen as well. I think it's going to be an excellent addition to our ministry here at the New John 7 Show. I want to talk more about writing out God's plan for your life. This is the idea that God has created you. Ephesians 2.10 says that you, yes you, not me, not just me, not just your mom, not just your pastor, you were created by God and designed to do good things through Christ Jesus. So a couple things in there. One, you were created by God. So that answers the question of who am I and why am I here? You're created by God to do what? The Bible says you're created to do good things through Christ. So what are good things? We'll talk about that in just a second. Number three, through Christ. Meaning that you were designed to do them because Jesus Christ is in your life. So answers all the questions, the philosophical questions. Why are we here? Well, because God put us here. (laughs) Two, what are we supposed to do with our lives? Good things. Who is is the Savior? Jesus. All the philosophical philosophical questions, easy for you to say. God has answered them all already for us in the Bible. We just got to learn God's word, and we're talking about practical steps. You can take today, start them today, to start writing God's sentence for your life or writing God's plans, whatever you want to call them. We teach three ways we'll help you find it. Passion, vision, and faith. We're talking about passion still. You're getting closer to God. You're trying to find God's will so that you stop doing things your way all the time and start asking God what his way is, and then you do it that way. Number one in our steps to finding passion is get to know God. Just like you get to know anybody else in your life, you're not more familiar with your best friend the first day you meet them than you are today. No, you've spent a lot of time and you talk to them. So how do you get to know God? You read the word and you spend quality time with him in prayer, communication. This is the same ways I build a relationship with you or my spouse or my kids or my parents or my best friend or my coworkers or anybody else in my life. I build a relationship through quality time and communication. Those are the two methods you build a, a quality relationship. And if that's what you want with God, if you want to get to know God, that's what you have to learn to do. You can't just go to God when everything's bad. I mean, you can do these things. It's not No one's stopping you. But if you really want to find God's plan for your life, it's going to take more of an effort than being upset one day because something's not going right. Because, again, you're doing things the way you want to do them. And then you go, God, the way I'm trying to do it isn't working. Why, God? Can you come into my life and help me? Oh, you've helped me? Okay, cool. I'm going to go back to doing my things again because that's what I want to do. It's so backwards. And the worst part is is that if we do things the way God wants us to do them, the Bible says we will have more pleasure than we've ever experienced. We'll live a pleasurable life. Our lives will be filled with joy, overflowing hope and peace. But if we do things the way that we want to do them, the results of them, by the way, are death. Not just physical death, but it could be the death of your career, the death of your relationship, the death of your job. God's way is best. I didn't think so. I spent a lot of years not believing that. You start reading the word, you start getting closer to God, and you realize that 
we've been messing up, and we've got to get closer to God. We need to find passion, which means we need to know God's will, because we already know what our will is. Our will is to do what we want. What is God's will? We can't figure it out without getting in the Word, and we got to do a few other things as well. So here's some a couple practical steps. We'll go through real fast so that we can get to vision. Get around other believers. This is step two to finding passion. You are who you hang around. If you spend time with five dummies who don't know Jesus, you are going to act like a dummy who doesn't know Jesus. You get around five people who know Christ as their Lord and Savior and are trying to figure out his plans for their life, you are going to become a person who knows Jesus better, who's trying to do God's plan for your life. Simple as that. You are who you hang around. Get around other believers. Jesus did spend time with tax collectors and sinners. The Bible does say that. But guess who he was spending most of his time with? Other believers. I'm not saying you can't ever spend time with a non-believer. I'm saying that you need to get around other believers. Because when I got born again, I had one Christian friend, one. I only had one person in my phone I could call and be like, hey, you want to talk about Jesus? One. And I know if you're anything like me, if you've lived your whole life without Christ, you're not going to have a whole lot of people in your Rolodex. Maybe grandma, maybe mom and dad, maybe. Maybe some crazy uncle everybody makes fun of because he's he speaks in them other tongues or something, right? Get around other believers because that will help build the church, build your relationship with God, and it will help you find passion. And number three on our steps of finding passion, and we just talked about it in Ephesians 2.10, know what it is to do good. Know what it is to do good. This is maybe the most important thing I can teach you tonight, or at least show you. I don't know if you'll learn it. (laughs) I can't make you learn it. I can only show it to you. When I was growing up, my teachers, they would tell me, you know, you got to do the right thing. John, do the right thing. Do the right thing. You know, before you go into the shopping mall, mom sits you down. All right, honey, we're going to go in here and I need you to be quiet and I need you to listen. And if we get out of here, we're going to get some candy or we're going to get some ice cream or something, right? You got to be good in there. Be good in the store. (laughs) What does it mean to be good? Because being good for one parent in the store is different than being good for another parent in the store. Being good for one teacher in class and getting a, a B is better or worse than someone who gets an A or a C in that teacher's eyes. That teacher might like the person who's gotten a C because they've tried harder. And maybe they were normally getting Fs. So maybe that person is being good in the sense of that teacher's perspective. So if we're trying to be good in the eyes of God, if you're trying to find passion, you want to know what it is to do good. How do you know what that is? What does it mean to do good? Oh, this is good. This will help you. This will help you. If you listen to this, if you listen to my show all the time, just listen to this. I didn't even write these words. This is from the Bible. Matthew nineteen seventeen. Why ask me about what is good, Jesus said. There's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. Only Christ is good. But if you want to do good, You want to do good? Keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. Now, again, you just heard me in the last segment say, we don't have a list of laws, John. You just told me I didn't have to follow these 600 things, but now you're telling me to keep God's commandments. 
Oh, but it goes a little further because when Christ was cornered by the pastors of the day, the Sadducees they were called, the people who were leading the church, they questioned Christ that what are the greatest commandments? And Christ answered and he said that to love God with all your mind, body, and strength and to love others as yourself. And he said all other commandments hang on these two. So in essence, God has sent his son to teach us that to do good, we must love God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength, and to love others as ourself. So in our eyes, if you're the child in God's golf cart, or not golf cart, in a shopping cart, and you're about to go in the shopping store of your life, God's like, all right, I need you to do good while you're in there, Johnny. Little Johnny, I need you to do good, which means I need you to love me with all your heart and love by definition, is to give. God loves so much that he gave his only son. When you love someone, you're willing to give up your life and do what they want to do. You ever get married? Did you ever give up any money to them? Did your spouse ever have a job that caused you to move across the country? Were you willing to do that because you loved them? We go and watch recitals and plays and We go hang out with our kids at places we wouldn't ever go if we were by ourselves. Because why? We love them. We want to give to them. Love others as ourself. It's hard. Because it goes against everything that we are born into. Our sin nature says, do things the way you want to do them. And God says, do things that serve other people first. No one is is like living the life in their sin nature that is completely unselfish. No one is. It's something the Holy Spirit convicts us of and helps us to do these things because our sin nature, by its very nature, hence the word nature, it's born into us. It's an instinct to be selfish. It's an instinct to want to do things your way or to get your way or to do what you want to do. Not necessarily the wrong things or the bad things. You may not be a bad person by doing things your way. But it's how we were made. We were born into sin. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit that comes through belief and faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's it. You want to do good? You want to do the things that Ephesians 2.10 says, you were created by God to do good. So you were created. God made you to do these things. God made you to love him. And God made you to love others above yourself. You were made this way. We can overcome the sin nature in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit that's instilled in those who believe in Christ as Lord. Oh, this is good stuff. This will change your life. When I was back in my old life, I didn't want kids. I only wanted to do things my way. I wanted to gamble for a living. I wanted to do just that, just whatever I wanted to do. That's all I wanted. All I wanted to do was what John wanted to do. I didn't want to have kids. I didn't want to get married, really. I wanted a girlfriend. I wanted someone to live with, but I didn't want to get married. In addition to that, I didn't really have plans for my future. I was hoping to be rich, (laughs) you know, hoping things would work out, I guess. But I didn't have this distinct plan. I didn't have a vision for my future, and I definitely wasn't doing things that were unselfish. Everything in my life was selfish. But when I got born again and God started speaking to my heart through the power of the Holy Spirit and through his word and through my constant communication with him in prayer 
and when I hung out with other believers, and when I learned what it was like to be good. I can't be good. No one is good. The Bible says only Christ is good. Only God is good. But we can do good. You can do good. But you have to know what that is. And I've just told you what it is. Love God with all your heart. Give your life up to him, both for salvation purposes and also to say, God, what do you want me to do with my life? He's got a great plan for you, by the way. He, you are his handiwork, meaning he's made you. You're a special tool in his toolbox, and you are meant to do a great thing for the world. It's going to help so many people. It's going to inspire others to find Christ for themselves. You are going to be used to help people. It's going to allow you to uh, bring you in front of kings. It's going to make room for you, the Bible says. People are going to look at you and be like, oh, that's impressive. It's going to create wealth in your life. It can, if you use it correctly. It's going to be able to make your life better than you've ever experienced in a life of decisions you're making based on what you want to do. What does it mean to do good? To love God with all your heart. Give up your will for God's will. And guess what? When you do that, and it's the hardest thing to do because you're like, I don't want to do it. I want to do what I want to do. And your sin nature is going to fight you the whole way every day. But when you're able to finally find God's will and finally do good, you're going to be filled with hope, peace, and joy. This stuff you can't buy in a store. It's not in your medicine cabinet. It is found through belief and faith in Christ. And I can tell you from experience, and those people that I've met who had a life that was hard and a life that wasn't working out and started putting some faith in God and things started changing in their life to a way that they have the hope, peace, and joy you can't purchase, started doing good things in their life when they were never planning on doing anything good, just like me. The only time I would have ever volunteered is if there was a paycheck involved, so I I would have never done it. I'm willing to give up my time to help others today, not because I want to do it, but because God wants me to do it, and I want to serve a God who loves me. Now, I learn to want to do it, but it goes against my sin nature. When we come back, we'll discuss what it's like to do some practical things to find vision and faith don't go away you're listening to the new john simmons show part of the testimony house network the new john simmons show is part of the testimony house network to learn more about the network or to watch other network programs please visit testimonyhouse.org now here's the new john simmons we're back here on the show. New John Simmons with you. I'm very excited to continue our conversation about writing God's plan for your life. I want to be able to encourage you in this way of doing something today. Sometimes I talk about things in you know big wide concepts, but today we're being very focused. These are things you can do today. You can start them today. You can do it right now if you're listening at home, whether it's today or a week from now, you catch us on the podcast. God's got a special plan for your life. Ephesians 2.10 says that you were created by God to do good works through Christ Jesus. Very specific. You were created by God to do good things through Christ. You need Christ. You're made to do good things. We talked about what it is to do good things. So once you get close to God and you're loving God with all your heart, and you're loving others as yourself, it's time to find out what God's plan is for your life, so you need to find a vision. If you look at the people listed in Hebrews 11, these are 
the stories that we take and say, okay, these people have done what God has asked of them. What did they have in their lives that was different than what most people have in their lives? What set them apart from other Bible stories? Why were some people included in this Hall of Faith chapter while others were not? If you look throughout the stories, throughout the sentences in Hebrews 11 of the people who walked out a life of faith, you see that they all had a vision from God, meaning they all saw their future before it showed up. Ha, ha, ha. So if you want to find a vision from God, it's about seeing God's will in your life. Passion is about knowing God's will. Vision is about seeing God's will. So if you want to know what God's will is, first you have to know Christ, which is why you need to find passion. When you develop passion and you have quality time and communication with God, he's going to start talking back to you. You're going to start learning things about him. And when you start learning things about who you are through Christ and what he's designed you to do, you're going to start getting a vision for your life. And there's lots of practical ways you can find a vision, things you can do today to start finding that plan. You remember earlier in the show when I said, you know, what are you going to do a year from now? Did you have an answer? If you didn't, that's okay. That's okay. We're going to learn how to find a vision today, how to start writing God's plan. First step, ask. (laughs) It's simple enough, but a lot of people aren't doing it. I've been to a lot of church services since I've been born again. We visited a lot of churches throughout the St. Louis area as part of our revival efforts. I've talked with talked. I've talked to many pastors and leaders of the church. I've heard many sermons on similar scriptures. One of my most noticeable things that I've seen in pastors is they talk about that God has a special plan for people. This is a common teaching in churches in this area and I'm sure across the country. God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, a plan not to harm you or to hurt you, but to give you a future and a hope, <laughs> as, as a southern pastor would say. <laughs> but what they don't do is say how to find it. That's the question that I had. God's got a plan for you. Yeah, well, what is it? Isn't that what you want to know? That's what I wanted to know. I had to find in God's word for myself how to find it. Ephesians 1, Paul, when writing a letter to the church at Ephesus, so Paul is in prison, he's writing letters okay, to other churches to encourage them in their faith. Because remember, the early church people are just finding out who Jesus is. Some of them haven't met Jesus for themselves, and they're trying to figure out how to be better Christians. So they're like you and me. They're trying to find God's plan for their life. They're doing some things right. They're doing some things wrong. And Paul writes to them to sort of encourage them in the things that they're doing right. You know, show them what they're doing wrong and help correct them to do something right. And then something third he was doing. He was praying for them. In Ephesians 1, it says that Paul prayed for the people who were in the church to find spiritual wisdom and insight from God. So if we can pray and ask God for things, and the Bible says we can make our requests be made known to God, that we can knock and ask and seek and find the bible uses these phrases to to describe how you can go to god and ask him for things and if one of the things we can ask for is spiritual wisdom and insight that means we can pray and ask for a vision from god because we don't have insight into what god's plan is for our life i would have never 
ever picked a minister or the gospel. I would have never said, hey, jo- hey, God, you got uh, radio Christian hosts. People are going to love that. People are going to just love me and me talking about Jesus every night. I just can't wait to get on the radio and do that for you. <laughs> uh, I would have never picked that. That would not have been, on. you know, <laughs> I watched the B movie with my daughter. My daughter is named Maya, by the way. The If you didn't know this, the B movie, which starred Jerry Seinfeld or the voice of Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock was in it, came out years ago. This is not some new movie. It's been on Netflix. So my, my daughter, Maya, loves this movie. There's an offshoot of this movie called Maya the Bee. Again, loves it because of the name. So there's this scene in the B movie where all the bees go to this like big board and there's this giant board and it's shot up into the sky and it's listing all of the different jobs that the worker bees can have. All the different things around the hive that these bees could do. And it was a very important day for all of them. A very special day for all of these bees to find out what their plan was. What their, you know, what their vision was going to be for their future. How exciting is it for a day like that in our own lives? We can find it by asking. You remember that scene in Harry Potter? Now, I know some people might say, John, it's a Christian show. We don't get to talk about Harry Potter. It's witches and witches and, and all the spells and all that stuff. Look. Uh, the world has seen Harry Potter. You have probably seen Harry Potter yourself. There's this scene in Harry Potter where they put the the hat on him, right? It's called the Sorting Hat. In this film, uh, the kids who go to the school, the school of the the wizards or whatever it is. I haven't read the books, but I've seen a couple of the movies. So they go to this school, and the Sorting Hat puts them into one of the houses they call them. So there's Gryffindor and Slytherin, and there's another one, Hufflepuff or something. And I, I can't believe how much recollection I have of this. I'm very thankful. Uh, so there's this hat they put on, and, and the the hat chooses. It says, you're going into Gryffindor. And they, they put Harry – they want to put him in Slytherin, but then he asked the hat to be in Gryffindor, and the, and the hat allows that to take place. This is the same thing for our life. I mean, I don't want to compare – God's plan to a hat in the Harry Potter and like the hey this is this is what it's like but it, you, you see the the idea here we see this all the time in culture in our pop culture movies and things where people know that there's something they're supposed to do or someplace they're gonna go and you can ask for that or you can see where it's gonna be you find a vision for your life people like knowing where they're going like having a plan for their future. People who have a plan for their future, future, their future, succeed. 80% of people who make a plan in their life will do 10 times better financially than people who don't make a plan for their life. 80% of people who make a plan in their life will do better financially than those who don't make a plan. So if, if all you do is make a plan in your life to make more money, you can find it by making a plan. Hey, I need this job. I need to do, if I want that job, do I need any education to get there? Do I need to go to school? Do I need to, you know, be an intern somewhere and work my way up the ladder? Do I just need to get a job entry level and work my way up? Or do I have to start my own company to be that? When you answer that question and you start to walk that out, that's called making a plan. And when you walk that plan out, it's called making steps of faith. Our last step we teach I never get to get into as many as I think I'm going to before the show starts. You want to find faith in your life? You've asked God for a vision. He's revealed to you what his vision for your life is, at least in small steps. 
He doesn't tell you everything at once, but he does tell you some things, and he guides steps, not miles, as I've heard before. He's got a plan for you if you want to do something to find it. You've got to ask God for it, and then when God shows up with your vision, how can you step out in faith? Start acting on it. This is a step we teach, and God has a sentence book. be coming out soon. Start acting on your vision. You have a vision to be a radio show host? Well, maybe you need to go to the radio station and see if you can get a show on the air. That's what I did. It didn't work. <laughs> because, But what happened later, and God ordered my steps, is that I got a call from the guy who used to be the general manager of the station that I'm on now, and he read my book, Finding Faith. You can find newjohnsimmons.com. He read my book. Him and me. That's it. <laughs> uh, he read my book, and he, he saw that I used to work in radio, and he offered me a job here. That's how I started working in radio and how God opened the door for me to have this radio show because I stepped out in faith when God asked me to write a book in 2013. It was published in 2015. I didn't know that that book was going to get me a job on the radio four years later, but God did because God knows my plan. He created and designed me to do good works through Christ Jesus. And as I get closer to God, I can ask him what his vision is for my life, and then I can take steps of faith to act on it. And then all of a sudden you look back at your life and go, man, I've, I've done some good things for the Lord. Still more to do. I haven't arrived yet. I'm not perfect. I still sin every day. Because the Bible says all righteous people fall seven times a day. We can't get away from the sin in our lives until Christ comes and picks us up. But we can ask for forgiveness of it. We can seek to find God's plan for our life. We can begin to write it. There are several things that we've taught you on tonight's show. I hope that you take them to heart. God's got a plan for your life. We believe you can find it through Christ Jesus. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. That's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to thank everybody who's listened live with us on Facebook and also on the iTunes podcast. You can find the shows later as well as YouTube. Tune in and all your Amazon devices. Guys, I want to thank Curtis behind the boards, all of you who have listened on your radio tonight. Until next time, guys, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today. Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the new John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.